It's fleeting, it's carefree, and it's all too short. It's something that people who have it don't often appreciate, and something that those who've lost it are trying to get back. The theme for the first edition of Spring 2017 is youth. What does it mean to be young, and how far do some people go to keep it from slipping away? I'm Nick Garcia, and I'm Christine Sim. Welcome to the podcast. To start off, we visited Park Lane Elementary School to speak to the young folk themselves about their lives here in Prague. What do they want from their lives so far? What are their hopes? Their dreams? What's your favorite part about being a kid? Probably playing with friends and going to school. We have a lot of time to play. Um, not going to work and um, having much more free time than the adults. Having free time, like doing more things together and learning in a fun way. I want to be probably a scientist or a scientist-based kind of person. Ah, uh, it's hard, but I was thinking about being a footballer. Uh, I don't know yet, but I think it will be something with maths. And we have a chat about homework, so let's focus our attention this week. Mary, could you go I want to be a dancer or or a lawyer. Manager of company. I never really knew what I want to be, but I uh, want to do something with art. So, kind of like interior designer, I thought about, and uh, something with design and things like that. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on being a kid right now, with like online safety and like Instagram and Facebook and all the different technological things that are coming out? Depending on where you live. And in which class you grew up, and what access you have to the technology that's dangerous.、Um, I would also、uh, say the same thing as Simon. I think it really depends with who, who you are, because some people there with different people. So, for example,、um, we in our class we have two kind of groups of girls. Um, we all, all talk together, but it's always like one of them is more、um, into the social, like、uh, online stuff, and the other one is more—I don't know how to make it not sound like not nice—but、uh, it's less、um, online and things like that. So I think it really depends with who you are and what's your surrounding. Do you think it's hard to be a kid in the Czech Republic right now? Not really. No, I think that、uh, what we have is really like、uh, we have really nice stuff, and especially the school and overall the Czech Republic is in pretty much really good state, so it's really nice. While life for the elementary school students at Park Lane seems to be quite carefree, 
childhood wasn't always such a time of freedom for past generations. As some of you may know, the Czech Republic is now 24 years old and has gone through the growing pains of developing as a young nation. So we met up with Charles University economics student Tomasz Zabrodzki, himself 24 years old, to talk about how his childhood differed from his parents. I feel like my parents' childhood and mine were completely different, uh, mostly because of the fact that uh, they couldn't travel to the Western countries, right? Uh, I mean, they traveled a little bit to Yugoslavia and like uh, Eastern countries, but I've been everywhere, and they they couldn't do it when they were young. So now I just have uh, much more freedom of choice, I think. Would you say anything has remained the same then? Maybe not the same, but there's still some echoes uh, of communism here, mostly uh, in the bureaucracy system, right? Mm -hmm. The state departments, they run really slow, everyone is really rude. I mean, it's just still stuck in the past. But other than that, I don't really, uh, I don't really feel like uh, communism still has impact here. Would you say that um, the country has matured into like a young nation? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like we're starting to uh, realize our place in the world. We uh, live in a completely different like block. See, because now we're more more uh, of a West Western country. At least we're trying to uh, seem like a Western country, right? Because there's a German right next to us, so we're just trying to uh, we're just trying to be on their level. But and before it was a totally totally different uh, context, right? Everything was from the east, even yeah, I mean music and like stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's completely different now. Yeah. Yeah. So you would definitely say that the Czech Republic feels young as a country. Or? I mean, probably, because yeah, we're still dealing with. Uh, uh, problems that other uh, Western countries have already dealt with, like immigration and stuff like that. Yeah. Big topic right now here in the Czech Republic, and uh, people are still uh, in their uh, old mindset. But we're definitely trying to uh, figure out some problems still. Uh, so in that way, it feels mm -hmm. like a young country. Yes. Do you see anything particularly in the future in terms of either yourself, people your age, or the country in general, like which way it's going to progress? Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, uh, us young people who didn't grow up uh, didn't grow up uh, during communism, we have a completely different uh, like uh, view of uh, the world mm -hmm. than our parents and our grandparents. You can really see it like during family gatherings, everyone is arguing, right? And usually it's the young versus the old. So I think that uh, my generation and uh, the generations to come, and when we're gonna be uh, like in power or in politics or like uh, managing businesses mm -hmm. that I think uh, things are really going to be different because we have a really different view of, of life than our parents. It seems there's always a conflict between the young versus the old, just as Tomáš said. It's tough to figure out what's right or wrong when generations have different views of things. Especially when younger people can't express these different views, wants, and ideas. Many children are a literal victim of their age, unable to have their voices heard and understood. For better and for worse, we decided to look into the industry devoted to speaking, or maybe puppeting, these unheard voices. We talked to Emil Jimenez, an American advertising executive working in Prague, about the role of advertising and how it affects youth. 
To begin, we asked him if advertising is targeting younger and younger audiences. I think it's not necessarily advertising per se. I think it's the you have to look at it from a perspective of the products and what products are coming out for younger and younger audiences. The reality of it is that really, if it depends what you consider young. That's first of all. You know, if you go from toddler age to let's say even about five or six years old, you tend to target the parents. You usually target the parents. It's hard for a toddler to make a decision and install an app or purchase something. So you want to target the parents, of course. Um, the visual language that you speak many times is for them, so you want to entice them and let them know, hey, there's this thing that you might want to play with. So it really depends on the product. You should ask whether our manufacturers coming out with products that are targeting younger and younger people, younger and younger audiences. what people consider young today is younger than it was 10 years ago, like in advertising, like... Well, age is always yeah. relative to who you are. <laughs> so, you know, in this office right now, I'm the oldest one, I think, you know, so, and I'm not that old, I'm only 37. Um, so it's always relative. The, the industry, of course, changes through time, but there's always been kids, there's always been products for kids. You know, I remember when I was a child, I'd see commercials for Tonka trucks, G.I. Joe, or whatever. They're obviously targeting me, you know, but the decision maker is the parents. Like, even in the past, when you said you saw these commercials like this, do you think it placed kids under a certain pressure, or do you think it was just trying to entice them? I don't know. What, what, what does the ice cream truck do? <laughs> it's not pressure. I would I say it's, it's enticement. You know, the ice cream truck comes around playing the little music, kids start salivating, and they want some ice mm -hmm. cream. You know, it's like you put a toy in front of a kid, they want to play. Mm -hmm. That's their natural instinct. So if you go on TV and you watch TV or you somehow see an ad for a particular toy, um, you want to engage with it, you want to play with it. So just to go back on like the social pressures you were talking about, you believe that uh, it's like part of the parent's responsibility to teach their kids right from wrong. It is the parent's but responsibility. now yeah. like with the accessibility of social media advertising to children, do you think that some of the responsibility should fall on advertising agencies to make sure that their content is like appropriate? Yeah, or of course. In that, in, that per in that perspective, yeah, you don't want to like offend anyone or I don't know, naked chicks and targets a five-year-old. Yeah, of course, you know. But... I look at our job a little bit like a teacher. Look at, look, what is a teacher's role? To guide you, to teach you something, right? But it's a parent's role to make you who you are. And they, you know, it's, ultimately, it's their job. You know, a, parent, a teacher is there for a short amount of time, and they can be inspiring, they can engage with you, and they can give you something to look forward to, and they can open your eyes to so many things. But ultimately, you're your parents' kids. That's who you are, and, and it's definitely their responsibility. And that was American ad executive Emil Jimenez speaking to the broadcast about the role and responsibility of advertisers when it comes to targeting children. Of course, a lot of us would go to extreme lengths to stay young, especially women, especially in this part of the world. So we went to Wenceslas Square, the busiest shopping area in Prague, to ask women about how they preserve their youthful looks and whether or not they were worried about aging. 
I always use face cream and cleansing things and face face water and peelings, yeah, peelings <laughs> and stuff like that. Are any of you like afraid of getting older and keeping up with like skincare or anything like that? Is that a worry mm, for you? Not yet, but maybe in five or ten years it would be. A <laughs> Are you uh, worried about getting older, like wrinkles or your appearance? No. Why should I? We all get old. So, do you think kids are putting on makeup younger and younger now? Yes, and I think it this I I don't agree with it because they are trying to hide their natural beauty and they're too young to wear makeup. It's like they're perfect already and the kids looks older nowadays. It's like they're 12 and they look like 18. If I do anything to keep myself young, of course, I take care of my skin. I try to I try to eat healthy, but like mostly I'm just like, you know, trying to take care of my skin and drinking a lot of water and stuff like that. Okay. That being said, are you afraid of getting older, like your body aging, wrinkles, or do you embrace it? I know some I, people embrace I think, it. I think like, you know, it, everybody ages. I just always want to look good, mm -hmm. but I have no problem with getting older. It's a part of life. Do you feel that kids nowadays are wearing makeup younger yeah. and younger? <laughs> Definitely. Do you think it's good, bad? I think, you know, like when you're a child, uh, you should enjoy all the aspects of being a kid and not trying to, you know, like because putting on makeup does look make you look more mature and I don't think like 13 year olds should like be like that. I think I'm still young. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that much young, but I try. <laughs> I try hard and daily. <laughs> What do you what do you guys do? Yeah, like lotion, peeling, I don't know, makeup, but not too much because I'm allergic to almost everything. <laughs> but yeah. Are you worried about getting older? No. Like no. I think it's natural and we shouldn't stop it. I I don't like that, you know, that that idea that you want to be young forever. It's just like, you know, some kind of society product, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's not natural. Some views from the streets of Prague there. But what do you do when makeup is no longer enough to conceal the outward signs of aging? Yeah, the pressure seems to be quite heavy for women here in Prague. So, to get a better idea of the lengths that people will go to, we went to Forum Clinic to speak to a Czech plastic surgeon, Peter Merton. Definitely the breast and hands, yeah. It makes between 50 and 60 percent each now. 20 percent is liposuction, tummy tuck, enhance of a gluteal part, and the 20 percentage is the face plastic surgery. Over the course of your career, have you seen the procedures that people want change, or has it been pretty consistent? Yeah, it's changing. Now it's really popular enhance of the gluteal part. Before it wasn't so popular. Uh, now it's also popular uh, enhance of the penis, yeah, an enlargement of the penis, but it's not functioning. I have to advise uh, to many men who would like to do this procedure, it is without sense and can damage the function of the penis. Why do you think people come and do risky procedures if they know that? Uh, Something could happen. Because it's social surgery, yeah? We call aesthetic surgery social surgery, especially in the US, for example, because 
the men or women would like to be more accepted socially. Therefore, he or she would like to be operated. Going off of that, why do you think there's so much pressure to look youthful or to look a certain way? Because, because we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, each one would like to present himself better like he is. This is problem of social networks, I mean. Everyone would like to be perfect. We helping, but we are not gods. We, we can't do uh, the, the people body like from a new. We have to calculate, we have a limitation which is coming, which are coming from the body. What would be like your, what would you say about like that subject? about youth in the Czech Republic? Be yourself and like yourself because this is yourself. <laughs> Most people in this epoch would like to be somebody else but we are like we are and we have to like personally. In the midst of all this yearning to hold on to youth, it's easy to forget that today's old folk were once young too. To remind all of us, Prague's teammate Patrick Vergy visited a community center for seniors in Prague for their perspective on how the generations have changed. January. January. This is the sound of a group of 70 and 80-year-old Czech citizens participating in a beginner-level English course. For many of them, it's the first English course of their lives. These courses are conducted at Social Activation Center for Seniors in Prague's 9th District, and I was given the unique pleasure to listen in on both their beginner and advanced-level lessons. As an American foreigner, sitting in the corner of the classroom, eavesdropping in on their lesson with a large set of headphones and a funny-looking fuzzy microphone, I couldn't help but feel a little out of place. However, with warm energy, they welcomed me in and showed me how eager they were to learn. With such high enthusiasm in the later years of their lives, I asked them what their youth was like. I was uh, seven or uh, eight, and my cousin brought uh, it was America <laughs> for school. So, mm -hmm. School snacks. So, school snacks. Snacks. Mm -hmm. We had usually only bread with butter <laughs> or so. Yeah. It was not okay. others. Did you have milk for time. snack? No, it was not. <laughs> How old were you when you went to your first concert? I think 15 with my friend, uh, girlfriend. Uh, it was uh, modern to go to Wenceslas. Wenceslas Square. Wenceslas Square. And around Wenceslas Square we uh, went uh, and we show uh, if uh, the young men follow us. <laughs> 
Today's kids, of course, live very different lives, especially in a society that has seen rapid social change. So, what advice do these seniors have for the youth today? I would say that they should realize that they can do everything now. They have possibilities that we didn't have, so realize that um, there is so many uh, things to do. So, the main advice would be just um, uh, good education. At the first, uh, well, healthy and be happy. Not try to do everything, do what you can. Most important is laugh. (laughs) But I think uh, laugh for for my family, to my family, to my friends, and it's the most important thing, I think. And this being Prague, at the close of our chat, I received a very Czech offer to continue the discussion. I remind you, it's the middle of the day. Would you follow us to the pub? Of course. (laughs) As we chatted and laughed over this just before noon beer, I came to a comforting realization. No matter the cultural, political, or age difference, it seems at the end of the day, or in this case, at the middle of the day, we all just want to come together, tell a good story, and share a good laugh. Sounds like Patrick had a great time speaking with the seniors at the Social Activation Center. It's great to know that despite age, we're not so different after all. That's a wrap for this edition. Make sure to look out for future editions and look for us online by searching Prawcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You've been listening to Goodness O.C., Irina Wurjan, Anne-Marie Policastro, Maddie Palmieri, Alex Schweda, and Patrick Vergy. I'm Christine Sim. And I'm Nick Garcia. And Prodcast is made possible thanks to our editor, Rob Cameron. Stay tuned for our next edition. Mm-hmm.